Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by the executive producer and showrunner for a unique series for ICTV, which is the largest Ukrainian TV network, winner of the 14th State Film Agency Documentary Project. Six months of work creating 12 episodes with almost an entirely Ukrainian actor, the series Cossacks, now on Crackle in America, we welcome Oksana Avanyuk. Hi, uh, thank you very much. Uh, thanks a lot. And we are really excited that our Cossacks are now on Crackle. Oksana, let's go beyond the mic. Your show Cossacks is a sword and sorcery series that doesn't take itself too seriously. Did the story come from your own childhood? Or stories your grandfather used to tell you? Or where's the origin of the story? <laughs> You know, to be honest, we were sitting in our office with my friend and colleague Alex Barovsky, my co-author, and we were thinking about warriors of 16th century, Cossacks, you know, sitting in their hot office, on their hortice, in their uh, um, fortress, thinking about going to Crimea. You know, it would be nice to go to Crimea. But, you know, but there are uh, battles there and we need to find a good excuse. You know, I have an idea. Maybe let's go to Crimea for salt. And the other would say salt. You know, it, it is not a good excuse. It sounds stupid. So let's think about something else. And we started to talk about this and then approached ICTV channel with this idea. Let's make a TV series about this particular period of our history, end of 16th, beginning of the 17th century. But let's make it real fun show. What's so special about Oleg Zobrowski? You two must have had a, such a great relationship to share ideas like this. You know, he very much resembles me of my son. He wears the same watch, goes to the same uh, spots, and he's a good friend of my son. So we, we have like 18 years of age difference. He, he, he definitely brings this spirit of adventure into everything we do. Ivan the Peasant is a fun, loving, likable man whose goal is just to free his mother from the clutches of the Ottomans. <laughs> what does Ivan represent in today's society? Well, um, uh, you know, we didn't want Ivan to be um, the hero, hero, heroic hero. You know, he's cunning. He lies all the time. He's a womanizer. You know, women fall for him. He's charming and uh, he can find a way from any possible situation. And to be completely honest, that's how we Ukrainians think about ourselves. You know, we are good people, but, you know, sometimes we... We all have our flaws. Yeah. <laughs> how did this cast of actors give your project life and... If you had to do it all over again from scratch, would you change anything? Mm, you know, uh, the casting process took another uh, six months. But unfortunately, the director of the show, he wasn't available at that time. So we did it together with Oleg, just two of us. When we wrote the script, we had this particular actor, uh, Yuri Dyak, in mind for the main role. But uh, all the other characters were found during the casting process. And we, um, like, for example, Nazar, the second main character, uh, he's originally from Zaporizhia, from that particular place where Cossacks lived. 
and where this fortress that we filmed uh, was built. And he's two meters tall. He's very strong. And so when we saw him, it was, you know, immediately he just entered the room and started the casting. We were texting each other. Well, that's him. You know, that's our Nazar. <laughs> what does it mean for you to have Cossacks be available to an American audience, especially to share your culture with us? You know, it is very important. And, uh, you know, we are really excited about that because uh, in 2014, Russia invaded Crimea. And that's when the war began for us in Ukraine. And, you know, we were all surprised. It's, it's like, you know, let's say one day Canada invades America. And you are, what the fuck? Yeah, so what shall we do about that? We cannot shoot Canadians, right? They're good guys. They are our neighbors for, for ages. Well, they are strange, of course, but <laughs> still, you know, we're not shooting them, right? And then they occupied uh, Donetsk and Lugansk region. And our friends and relatives, they went to war and they were dying every day. And, you know, every week, every month, we're getting information about people whom we know personally, you know, who fight there and who died. But nobody really called uh, that invasion the war. At that period of time, we started to shoot Cossacks and we completed the first uh, season after the beginning of um, the invasion of the war. And we wanted to convey this message that, you know, we can win. We have plans of our own in spite of what Russians think and plan. You know, we will win this war. When uh, um, in February 22, uh, the full-scale invention uh, into, um, in, invasion happened, we were in the very beginning of the pre-production of the second season. But we had to stop everything, and people joined army, people started to volunteer, and, you know, the whole team, you know, started to do something, do anything we can to help each other, to help the country, and to save our culture, our values uh, from this eastern crazy neighbor. Oksana Ivanyuk from Cossacks joins us beyond the mic for the Rocky Nate. All this is, Oksana, is eight random questions. Answer with the first thing that comes to your mind. There is no pressure. Okay. Favorite place in Milwaukee? Uh, Shore, lake Shore. Shore of the lake. Best thing about your husband? Uh, well, um, best thing about my husband, that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have a good sight. He's losing his sight. Come on. What's the best thing about him? He, he, he needs to wear glasses. He cannot see me. Yeah, it is. You know, he cannot see my wrinkles. You don't have wrinkles. <laughs> last gift you gave your son. Uh, the last gift that I gave to my son it was a dog. What kind of dog? A husky dog. What's your favorite story you read growing up? Um, Carlson by Astrid Lindgren. How about your favorite place to vacation? Uh, you'd be surprised. Iran. Hmm. Why? I, uh, we used to film a travel show and we traveled to like a hundred different countries. And Iran was the craziest one. And I actually, I wanted to take my husband and my son there. For them to see how nice are people there and how terrible is the state there. You know, they live in a 
wonderful place. There are wonderful, very open people, but they live in a state which very much resembles me, the Soviet Union. But it's even worse. They have um, autocratic, yeah, so the, the um, church rules the country and regulations there are just absolutely unbelievably crazy. But uh, the country and the people are very strange. You know, it, it is very different from anything you can see in the world. You think there's misconceptions about Iran. What's the biggest misconception about the Ukraine? Uh, about Ukraine, that, um, uh, you know, Ukraine is as big as France. But during the Soviet period, Ukraine was considered to be a part of Russia. It used to be the part of the Soviet Union. But Ukraine is very different from Russia. We we have a lot of small nations within Ukraine that have different dialects. Ukrainian language is different from Russian, and it's very different from Russian. We have different alphabet. We have different letters in Ukrainian language and Russian language. And culture is something that invades first. You know, the countries invade other countries with culture. So first, they invade you with their wonderful movies, their beautiful ballet. You became, become charmed by their literature and you want to learn their language. And then they, your neighbor comes to defend those people who speak Russian on this territory. You know, so uh, it's, it's really important to defend and cultivate what is yours. What's your favorite dish that only your mother could cook? My favorite dish is borscht. But my mom doesn't cook. She's the university professor, and she's a terrible cook, to be honest. Really? <laughs> so, <laughs> Ukrainian borscht, Ukrainian soup with beetroots, made in Ukraine with sour cream. It's just wonderful. What director inspired you growing up? Well, Tarantino, probably. And, uh, you know, because if you think of a director that... You, you can show a, a, a short clip of any of his films anywhere in the world and people will right away recognize that these are Tarantino's movies. It's the executive producer and showrunner for Cossacks, Oksana Avanyuk, joining us for the back half. Now, the show is in pre-production of its second season when war broke out. Your pyrotechnician, Alexander, was killed in May of 2022. Your actors, crew, they've become family to you. How does this production team being on the front lines and what does their safe return mean to you? Uh, well, we, we very much, very, very much hope that everybody comes home safe. And uh, we all have changed. You know, this war has changed our pretty civilized, very quiet existence and brought this a horrible adventure into our life. Uh, so the main uh, emotion now that that we feel that you know we we try to convey to the world that you know it's not fear, it's rather anger, and you cannot take your enemy seriously. It's like Bogart and Howard, you know, in um, Harry Potter. Just make fun of your enemy and then you will win. win. Your own neighbors collected empty bottles to make Molotov cocktails for your yes. country's defense. Yes, that's true. <laughs> How has your country become tighter than ever before? Yeah, but by all means, you know, uh, uh, when uh, in 
February 22, a lot of people left uh, Kiev. We stayed. And I live in a uh, building. I'll show you through the window, my neighborhood. So, you know, we. I'm on the 11th floor. I didn't know my neighbors before the war. I didn't know what are their names. I just had one person who lived uh, um, in an old block of apartments. He's Muslim. He didn't like dogs. And, you know, he was... Every time me and my husky dog, we were walking out, he was getting angry with us. And we were, we, we had small conflict. But when the war began, uh, there were curfews for days, like for three days, we were not able to leave the apartment. We were not allowed to leave the apartment, you know, only to go to the shelter. And uh, 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 all the stores were closed, all the drug stores were closed. And people were exchanging medicine, you know, they were exchanging food. And that guy, I met him and he was like, oh, you know, we, we ran out of everything. So we had some potato, some meat at our apartment. So we gave him that and he brought us a bottle of Azerbaijan wine. And since that time, we are very good friends. And, you know, so it, it does, the war did change the perspective and the attitude between people and uh, attitude towards, you know, what is important and what is not in your life. 12 episodes of Cossack so far. How many more ideas do you have? And we have this idea for the second season because, you know, uh, our story takes place in time when uh, musketeers in France um, existed. It's the time of Cardinal Richelieu. And for the second season, we plan for our Cossacks to go to France to meet there. Kashvoy, the head of the army who is killed in the first season. And there is a uh, Russian um, antagonist there, of course. <laughs> and Cossacks are torn apart between Italians and uh, French people. Because there is a very strong pope at that time in Italy. And there is Cardinal Richelieu in France. And there is a real, uh, there was a real tension between these countries and it, it's right in the middle of 30 years war so in the second season we were planning to put our Cossacks into um, this European context so you're just letting Cossacks play around in history absolutely Oksana well war continues you're continuing the right you have 12 or more series you're working on including mythical detective story diggers of the sun where do you draw your ideas from uh, well, uh, we, um, in February 22, you know, we had quite a number of uh, series in production, but everything stopped and we were trapped in my apartment with my husband and one, uh, and my colleague. He didn't leave Kiev as well and he got COVID. So we invited him to stay with us. My husband got COVID from him and uh, we stayed all together because it was just logistically easier. You know, and we were, we started to write and we were writing about kids who were trapped in a nightclub in Mariupol. And this story actually involved at that time. Uh, we were writing about kids of our friends 
and it, it did happen, but it was a fictional story. So we finished the script. We applied to an American festival in LA with that script and we even won the special recognition award. And we are now in uh, development of the project. Um, we are working on another couple of important uh, projects. One is a film about kids who live along the front line. And they live on those territories that were occupied during this war. So they survived the occupation and they are now strong little animals, you know, who are um, ready to fight. They are, we don't want to militarize kids, not at all, but we just want to look at them and understand who we will become as a nation because they are our future. Another project is a project about influence of Moscow Church, Moscow Orthodox Church, on a on an international level. So how they ideologically influence Ukraine, Eastern Europe, Western Europe, and their relationship with KGB. And that's a four episodes documentary series that we're working on. How has your family supported you growing up? And how did they support your creativity? I am extremely lucky. I don't know why, but I was lucky to be born in a absolutely perfect family. My uh, father, uh, he's from southern part of Ukraine, and he spoke Ukrainian. He's dead now. But my mother is from Western Ukraine, but she speaks Russian. So I'm from bilingual family, and I'm I grew up in a situation where people speak both Russian and Ukrainian, and it never been a problem, and they don't switch with each other. And my father in 1892, when Ukraine became independent, he was one of a small group of people. There were five of them who uh, restored a Ukrainian university called Kiev Mahila Academy. That university was the largest uh, and the first Eastern European university in the uh, 16th, 16th century. During the Soviet time, it was turned into a Navy Academy. But after Soviets, they decided to create an independent uh, educational institution. And my father was the rector of that university for a long time. He very much encouraged me, and he's the one who, you know, the person who reads all the time, who watches everything, and who very much encourages you to, oh, you have an opportunity to travel, go ahead. You know, Namibia, okay, Uganda, very well. <laughs> Iran, oh, wow. <laughs> who mentored your storytelling? Mm, I started in, uh, well, my father, of course, because he uh, um, he's the literature, Ukrainian literature professor. I also started in Moscow, and I lived there for five years. And I started from a, um, a person called Alexander Radnyansky, who is a producer, a, you know, a wonderful and absolutely fantastic personality, who um, was a producer of Zvyagintsev, who works in uh, America a lot, who established quite a number of um, TV channels, both in Ukraine and in Russia. So I'm very, very thankful to him for for the course that I took. Oksana, why will people fall in love with Cossacks? Uh, because they're absolutely adorable. 
<laughs> you just need to start watching and you will not be able to stop. <laughs> it's time for one big question with Oksana Ivanyuk, showrunner for Cossacks Beyond the Mic. As missiles fly and bombs drop in your country, how do you remain hopeful for your future and the future of your country? You know, I wouldn't say that we are hopeful, we are determined. Uh, we are staying here. We are continuing, we continue to work. We continue to fight. We don't, it's our country. We don't want any intruders to rule here. So we will just, we don't hope, we do. She loves the lakeshore in Milwaukee, a good borscht and her husky. Oksana wants you to watch Cossacks on Crackle. Oksana Ivanyuk, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. Thank you very much. And that, my friends, is Beyond the Mic. If you're enjoying these conversations, please check out another Beyond the Mic episode to find more actors, artists, and people you need to know. We'd also appreciate a like and subscribe on the Good Pods app.